sister Sahar grew up in a Muslim family in Saudi Arabia. Then she came to college here in the United States. One day she was talking with her mom back in Saudi Arabia. And even over the video chat, it was clear to this mom something in her daughter's life had changed. She saw it in my face. We were Skyping and she told me, you look different today. You have light in your face. What's going on? And I told her, well, you know, I've been Muslim my whole life. He never told me that. But Jesus said he is the light of the world and he called us that too. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in the studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma today uh, with a, a guest, one of our first-name guests. If you're a longtime listener to VOM Radio, you know sometimes we use just a first name, sometimes we'll use a fake name. This is a first-name-only guest, Sister Sahar. She is a believer from Saudi Arabia, and she is the founder of a ministry called Unveiling Beauty, unveilingbeauty.org. We'll also link you there from vomradio.net. Sister Sahar, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My pleasure to be with you today. Talk to me a little bit about how you came to faith in Christ, because being in Saudi Arabia, there's not a lot of Christians. How did God bring you to faith? The Lord brought me to U.S. as an international student. And on campus, I met a Christian lady. She started sharing the gospel with me. So for six years, I've been searching, asking questions, going to church. And then by the sixth year, I left Islam and I start studying the Bible, going to church. But still, I wasn't convinced that Jesus is the Son of God. That was my struggle. Like, I loved Christianity. I loved the Bible. And I thought, it's okay. I can be a Christian and believe in Jesus as a prophet. I don't have to believe he's God, but that's not the case in Christianity. So by that time, my friend who started sharing with me, she knew Nabil Qureshi, and she connected me with him. And he explained to me the gospel in a way that I really understood, and I got saved that night. Wow. Nabil Qureshi, who now is in eternity with Christ, was that in English or in Arabic? It was in English. One of the things that we challenge our listeners to do is to to strike up conversations with Muslims right here in America, like somebody did with you. How did your friend start that conversation about spiritual things? Was that from the very beginning, or did it grow out of just a friendship, or how did that happen? It was right away. The first time I went <laughs> out with her, she had her Bible out, and she was asking me what I know about Christianity. I told her all the misconceptions that Muslims have, that Christians believe in three gods, the Bible is corrupted, Christians are not moral. And she starts smiling at me, and she's like, no, that's not what the Bible says. And I've never seen a Bible my whole life. So that was the first time I've seen a Bible, and she starts sharing truth with me. And I was intrigued, and I wanted to know more. And I'm a learner. I love to learn. So Mm -hmm. out of curiosity, I wanted to know more. So how long was it before you had a Bible after that first conversation? Did she like give you one right away or did you get one sometime later? 
after a while, because I start asking questions, she gave me one and she told me, Jesus loves you. Here is a Bible. You can read it in your own language. She gave it to me in Arabic. What a great ministry and what what great fruit as you're here sharing with us. So coming to faith is a time of great joy for the believer, probably not so much for your society and your family and all your relatives back in Saudi Arabia. What was their response? Well, the day I got saved, I was filled with joy and I was so happy that I found the truth and I couldn't believe it. I've been living a lie my whole life. So I couldn't hold it. I been sharing with my mom before. I told her I left Islam. I've been going to church. I've been reading the Bible, but she wasn't happy with that. But then I got saved and it was Ramadan. <laughs> so I couldn't really tell her right away, but she saw it in my face. We were Skyping and she told me, you look different today. You have light in your face. What's going on? And I told her, well, you know, I've been Muslim my whole life. You never told me that. But Jesus said he is the light of the world, and he called us that too. And she got mad at me. She hung up on me. But even across a Skype connection from thousands of miles away, she could see right away something something has happened. Yeah, that was amazing to me. I'm like, wow, what what changed? What does she see? But I know I'm not longer the same. I know I, I changed, but I was amazed that she saw that. So what what did they do to either punish you or get back at you for for what you've done shamed shamed the family my mom did not talk to me for 5 months and she literally called me the devil she's wow. like stay away from my kids you're crazy you're brainwashed you just want to be free and live in america but she didn't really understand the fr- the spiritual freedom i found in christ so that was so hard because we've been so closed and my dad passed away when I was seven. So she was so close to me. She's like my mom and dad at the same time. So that was a hard time, but I know God was with me and he gave me a vision about her coming to Christ. So I believe that for her. And just he covers me with joy and peace every day, knowing that he's with me and he got it. I don't have to worry about my family. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Sister Sahar. She is a believer from the country of Saudi Arabia. You mentioned the fact that your mom cut you off. Obviously, that's very difficult. Were you ever tempted to say, oh, it's so hard to lose my mom. I guess I could go back and be a Muslim. Was that ever a temptation for you? Not at all. After <laughs> after I tasted the freedom in Christ and the love I have, the relationship I have with the Father th- through Christ, I knew, you know, I will never leave that because there is no other hope. Jesus is the hope of the nations, and there is no other hope, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. But the vision he gave me about my mom getting saved and just him telling me, just wait and see, they'll come to know me one after one. I know I have that security in him, and I know he loved them even more than I do. Mm-hmm. How did you strengthen yourself to go through that time and to go through other times of uh, pressure? What did you do to get ready? And then what did you do during those times to kind of keep a hold of Jesus and not be tempted to drift? I loved worship, just spending time in worship and connecting with the Lord. I was discipled by so many great friends around me. So uh, I spent a lot of time in the Word and learning who Jesus is, and I know persecution is part of Christian life. 
So he didn't promise us, you know, an easy life, and he's, he already won the victory. So I know I'm fighting from victory. So that kept me at peace, and a lot of scripture that I would read, and I feel like they spoke directly to me. Like in Matthew 10, 37, it says, Anyone who loves their father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. So those verses sustain me to walk with the Lord and keep my relationship with him. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Sister Sahar. She is a believer from Saudi Arabia. Sahar, let's let's look at the some of the differences between Christianity and Islam, and I think particularly of women. The way women are treated, at least in the world today, in the Muslim world, versus the way Jesus treated women. Talk a little bit about that and, and why that is attractive to Muslim women when they see the way Jesus responded and interacted with women in the Bible? Well, as you know, women in Islam, uh, ha- they don't have worth as a woman. You know, they treated half, half value of the man. So I struggle with that a lot living in Saudi Arabia. Like, I knew I wasn't stupid. I didn't have a half a brain. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> and like, why are they talking about us like this? I never felt that's honoring to women. And I was so happy when I left, left Saudi Arabia. I wanted to go somewhere where I know, you know, I have my freedom and I can be who God created me to be. But reading the Bible and learning more about who Jesus is and how God viewed women, it was amazing to me, especially when I read in Genesis that we are created in his image, male and female. It's like we're not less than. We are cre- created in his image and we're equal to men. We have different roles, but we're equal, equally created in his image. And just seeing how God interacted with women and their prophetess, because in Islam, we just have prophets. I didn't know there are prophetess. And I often wonder about that. I'm like, mm-hmm. why God is not using women? But that's not the truth. You know, we see in the Bible the story of Esther and Deborah and Ruth and how God used them mightily. And then I remember reading with my friend, the story of the Samaritan woman and how Jesus loved on her. He loved her and he accepted her and he revealed himself to her. Uh, That was honoring and how he defended the woman who committed adultery and he said, "Who, who, who doesn't have sin? You throw the first rock at her. I just saw dignity and I saw honor to women and that was very attractive to me. Even though I was silent at that time, just thinking it to myself, I wasn't ready to voice it, but I know there is something different in the Bible. And it's interesting you bring up the idea of stoning the adulteress because that still happens in the Middle East. Unfortunately, today. yeah. So, so that story, we read it as, oh, wow, that used to happen a long time ago. In your culture, that could be happening right now. Uh, so for Jesus to step in, is there a particular woman in the Bible that you— identify with or that inspires you in your walk with Christ? Yes, I love the story of Ruth because she was willing to leave everything behind and follow Naomi and go to a foreign land that she doesn't speak the language, she doesn't know the culture, but she told her, your God will be my God. And I relate to her that way because I am an American now and, you know, it's a different culture, different language, and I chose the true God and I know he is faithful and sovereign to sustain me and keep me here. 
And just as he looked after Ruth, he will look after you. He is looking after you. One of the things that you're involved in now is reaching out to Muslim women, just like you were, and sharing the gospel with them. What does that look like? for you to do that? Is that a conversation that you have from the very beginning when you meet someone? Is it something that develops out of a friendship? Just kind of talk about your ministry now and what it looks like. I have the privilege to meet so many Muslim women. It's crazy how they come to my life. (laughs) I know it's divine and it's the Lord working. And I meet them in Starbucks, in the shopping mall, through friends. I'm surrounded by them. So we build a relationship. It's all about relationships and trust. And as soon as they know I'm Saudi, I'm a Christian, that's not okay. <laughs> like, how, <laughs> what? How You're, can that even be yeah, possible? Are you half Saudi? Are, I'm like, nope, I am Saudi, like 100%. <laughs> so that uh, always makes them question and they want to know more. So we build a relationship. We talk and become friends. And with time, I know this conversation keep coming. And I tell them, I go to church, I quote verses, Bible verses, and they love when I pray over them. And sometimes they just cry right away, like, it's beautiful. How, do you, how did you learn those words? And it's all Bible verses. Mm-hmm. So that's how I start. And then with time, you know, some of them struggle with me being a Christian, and some of them even cry and tell me why you should be in our team, why you're not Muslim anymore. And they feel like, I betrayed my culture, my identity. They don't understand what I found in Christ. But with time, I've seen a lot come into Christ, and it's a privilege to see God's work in their life, and it's all the Holy Spirit work. So I love to pray before I see them and when I'm with them and just see God. A lot of them come to Christ through dreams and visions. Mm -hmm. So God is totally showing himself to them, and that's how they end up coming to Christ. Have you had some... uh, some of your contacts that really try to reconvert you? Like they try to witness to you to get you to come back to Islam? Yes, they try, but... <laughs> <laughs> they like are we unsuccessful. Have, if We have deep conversations and they know where I stand. And I, they understand. They see the difference. Mm-hmm. And they see the joy. And they sometimes they tell me, hey, you lost everything and you have this joy. We don't understand. You look crazy sometimes. But I think we are all crazy, you know, following <laughs> Jesus. And we don't make sense to the world. Well, it, it's interesting because it goes back to your mom the very first day, saw something different on your face. They see something different now. Yes. That is that joy of the Lord, the peace that comes from following him. Can you share some of the stories? And I know many of these ladies are <laughs> in danger or at risk so I know we can't go into a lot of detail, but can you share some of the stories of, of some of those you've been able to, to help come to know Christ? Yes, yeah, so one of the stories is a friend of mine who, during worship, she couldn't even stay during worship. We were at a church, and she left crying. So I followed her, and I wanted to know what's going on. And she said, during worship, it was talking about forgiveness only found in Jesus. And she remind, remembered when she was a student, her Islamic teacher told her, there is no solution to sin. The more you live, the more you're going to commit sin. And, you know, it's better to die young. Those who die young are very fortunate. Wow. So she, Because they've sinned less? They sinned less. Oh, my. So she went home and she really wanted to kill herself. She took a knife 
out and she wanted to kill herself. And then she thought maybe that's a even greater sin than, you know, committing more sins. Mm-hmm. So she didn't kill herself, but that stayed with her, that there is no solution to sin. But then during the worship, she knew that, you know, forgiveness found in Jesus and she wanted that. And we got to pray and she received the Lord. Wow. When you are witnessing to people like that here in America and they come to faith, I think we could think, well, persecu- of course persecution happens in Saudi Arabia. Does it happen in America too? Is there pressure for a woman like that who comes to faith out of a Muslim background even here in the United States? I believe the pressure comes from the community because Muslims get together a lot and do things together. So, like, for me, I was cut off from my community and friends because I couldn't hold it. I was sharing with everyone, and I lost all my friends. Nobody was willing to listen. They thought I'm crazy. So that's the hard part. And But the Lord is sovereign and good to, you know, connect us with our godly family. Mm-hmm. A lot of our listeners have... Muslim coworkers, Muslim classmates, give us some advice on how to how to reach out and how to start that conversation, just like somebody did for you when you got here. Coach us on how to do that. First, prayer is everything, to connect with the Lord and ask for him to open doors, because sometimes it is there in front of you, but you miss it, just to ask him to show you and highlight people to you. And just building relationship and building trust and loving on people. Muslims don't know what love is. It's not part of who God is and how we deal with each other. Love, grace, and forgiveness, it's not there. But just for them to see the glory in God in your life and how he changed you and how you communicate that. And, you know, just not, don't be shy sharing your personal you know, testimony, because we don't have just one testimony as Christians. Every day we encounter the Lord. Every day God does something in our lives. Just share, be vulnerable, share your life, be open, and they will be attracted to that. If you let them enter your world, they want you to enter theirs too. And of course, we know we have hope in Christ and we can share about him all the time. How how likely am I as a Christian to offend a Muslim as I'm talking to them about my faith? Or I think there's a perception that, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause offense and then he won't want to talk to me ever again. How likely is that to happen or how do I avoid that? It's very important to not to criticize Islam or talk bad about anything in the Islamic religion, just to lift Jesus high because he is you know, lifted high and just... He will draw all men unto himself. Just to speak truth and speak light. They don't want to hear darkness. There are in the darkness. Just speak truth in their life. And that's what's going to draw them to know more about Jesus. Well, and what to me as an American Christian, that's that's a relief to me because I don't really know a lot about Islam. You know, I probably know more than the average American But the average American thinks, well, I can't debate Islam with this person because I don't really know that much about Islam. But you're saying, that's not what I'm supposed to do anyway. doesn't matter. You just need to know Jesus more and know the Bible. Amen. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Sister Sahar. She is from Saudi Arabia. 
Sister Sahar, you are working on launching a media project to reach Muslim women in the Middle East, even back in Saudi Arabia. Why is media such a key way to get the gospel back into that part of the world? Because the Arab culture or the Middle Eastern culture in general, we are oral people. We don't like to read a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think I am the exception. I love to read. Usually, we're all in media watching things, and especially in Saudi Arabia. People are always in their phone, you know, watching things and going to YouTube. So the Lord just gave me this idea of the media project. And I never acted before. (laughs) I didn't know how to act. And I'm like, God, are you sure it's me? (laughs) And he said, yes. And of course, we can do all things through him. So he provided everything for that, opened so many doors for it. And I'm just walking in obedience and walking in what he gave me. I believe it's going to be very effective because, you know, women are going to watch it and they want to know more about the hope I found in Christ. And what is the plan as far as follow-up when they do ask those questions? Hey, I saw your video on YouTube. What about this? Well, what about da-da-da-da? How, how will the follow-up work? I'm planning to create a website and a Facebook page and to have a topic once a month to talk about with Middle Eastern women. And through that, we'll have, you know, communications Mm -hmm. and interaction about different things. And I'm sure I'm going to be connected with a lot of believers, too. Mm -hmm. What is it about Christianity? And we talked a little bit about this with just the difference in how women are treated. But what is it about Jesus that really draws, especially Muslim women, to come to faith? His love, his mercy, the forgiveness we found in him. And as he said, he's he's meek and he's gentle. And just knowing that our God is willing to humble himself, to come down to know us and have intimate relationship with us. That's so beautiful. So beautiful to see how the Lord of the universe is really caring about his creation and his people. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Sister Sahar from Saudi Arabia. As we close out today, Sister Sahar, one of the things we always want to do is equip our listeners to pray for the part of the world that you're from. How do we pray for the nation of Saudi Arabia? The majority of Saudis are under the age of 30, and a lot of them are exposed to different cultures that you want to study somewhere. So they go back with different ideas, and some of them heard the gospel many times. And uh, they want change. They want uh, their country to be different. And we know, you know, only Jesus can transfer life mm-hmm. and change people. So um, to pray for them to find the Lord and to pray for more dreams and visions, because that's how a lot of them come to Christ. It's definitely not easy to be a Christian in Saudi Arabia. They struggle every day because they're longing to fellowship and go to church. And that's a prayer request right there to just pray for them to be strengthened in their faith and their walk with the Lord. So we want you this week to pray especially for the nation of Saudi Arabia, for believers there who face incredible challenges, uh, and also for unbelievers that, that God will work on their hearts Uh, that the Holy Spirit will give them dreams and visions and bring them into faith. 
And as as we've talked about with Sister Sahar, we want you to reach out to Muslims around you. Say hi, go have tea, go have coffee, and talk about what God's doing in your life. Just just be an open book and let them read uh, Jesus in your heart and in your life. Sister Sahar, thank you for sharing your testimony. Thank you for your ministry work, and we wish God's blessings on you. Thanks for being a part of VOM Radio. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. As always, if you joined us late, you can hear the whole interview at vomradio.net. Again, that website is vomradio.net. You can hear Sister Sahar. You can hear all of the other interviews that we've done. And uh, we want to encourage you, come and visit us. Send me a note. Let me know how you are praying for the country of Saudi Arabia this week. Next week, we're going to hear from Brother Harold, who's been ministering for more than a decade in closed countries in Central Asia. But I want to warn you, he's going to challenge you to be involved in spreading God's love. You won't want to miss that next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.